Welcome to Diabetes Technology Report, co-hosted by endocrinologist David Klonoff from UCSF and David Kerr from Sutter Health. Hello, welcome to Diabetes Technology Report. This is the Diabetes Technology Society podcast about technology. Today, we have a very important guest who's working on a problem of diabetes that affects many people. Uh, I'm Dr. David Klonoff. I'm an endocrinologist at UCSF and Sutter Health. Uh, my co-moderator, Dr. David Kerr, will introduce today's interviewee. Welcome, everyone, and great that you can join us. Today, we have Mike Jasmer, and I'm especially pleased that Mike's on this uh, podcast today because I, when I was in the United Kingdom, I spent every Thursday afternoon for more than 20 years running a clinic dedicated to the treatment of painful neuropathy caused by diabetes. And I must, it had lots of ups and downs. It's an incredibly common, incredibly difficult problem to deal with. So Mike, what, how did you become interested in this? Yeah, well, my background is in biomedical engineering. And through my career, I've gotten into medical devices and specializing in running clinical trials. And I work at Nevro, uh, which uh, has a spinal cord stimulation device to treat painful diabetic neuropathy, like you just uh, described. Um, and what really drew me to this technology was the profound impact it has on pain relief. Uh, our clinical trial has demonstrated over 80% pain relief on average uh, for patients out to two years follow-up. So just a profound effect on this very uh, difficult to treat. Uh, problem with for people with diabetes. I mean, do you think that it's underappreciated just the the magnitude of the problem of painful neuropathy and how difficult it is to manage? I think that's very true. You know, when we look in the literature, the the conventional uh, management for the disease includes gabapentin, pregabalin, duloxetine. Um, we see reports that those work reasonably well sometimes, but our experience is that those do not work for the majority of patients. Um, either they don't relieve the pain or they have significant side effects that cause patients to not to discontinue use of those medications. So I think it's maybe it's an underreported problem. Um, it's, it's difficult for us as a company to figure out who exactly is seeing these patients and who is uh, working with them on their painful diabetic neuropathy. Uh, we're trying to get the word out that uh, these patients should be sent to pain ma management physicians who have uh, access to spinal cord stimulation uh, to treat this problem. Michael, could you explain what is spinal cord stimulation? How does it work? And uh, what happens to a patient who wants to try it? Yes, uh, spinal cord stimulation it uses an implantable uh, device to send small electrical signals or stimulation to stimulate the spinal cord. And this essentially blocks or turns off pain signals that are sent from the legs and the hands to the brain. Uh, the device has two main components. There's a pulse generator, which has a battery. It's pacemaker size, and it uh, provides the electrical signals. And this is connected, and this is implanted under the skin, either in the lower back or the buttocks, somewhere in that region. 
And this uh, pulse generator is connected to small wires that are placed in the epidural space at the back. So the same part of the body where, for example, women get an epidural injection when delivering a baby. And these uh, small electrical signals are sent uh, to the epidural space, which stimulates uh, parts of the spinal cord to, like I said, uh, block these pain signals from getting to the brain. Does everybody receive the same amount or number of electrical signals? And if not, how do you decide how much electricity to put into the body? Yeah, so there is an optimization uh, period um, after the device is implanted. Uh, the magnitude of the stimulation, there's a range, and, and you know it will start off at kind of the, the typically optimal level, and then that can be adjusted by the, uh, the engineers who work with the patients to optimize their therapy. Uh, I work at Nevro, and we have now an AI-powered uh, system that uh, received FDA approval last year. And this then allows the patient to daily check in on their app and say how they're doing. And then it goes through a AI algorithm to figure out if that therapy should be tweaked to optimize uh, pain relief even more. Mike, if I was a person with diabetes with painful neuropathy, it's, it's episodic, it's unpredictable. It, as you say, the treatment is really difficult but who is the ideal candidate for your technology? So for our technology, it is an implant. So it's for people who have had uh, poor success with conventional medical management. So the typical medications, those should be tried first. Um, if those do not work, then spinal cord stimulation is a great option. So what we typically uh, um, recommend is that patients have at least uh, five out of 10 on a pain scale um, for their diabetic neuropathy pain. Uh, for for uh, diabetic neuropathy patients, uh, our recommendations are that they have an A1C of 10 or under, so they have reasonable control at least of their uh, blood glucose levels. And um, those are really the, the two big requirements for the device. And when it, I remember that when, in the clinic, there were different types of pain. There was the allodynia, there was the, the electric shocks, there was the deep gnawing in the bones, miserable pain. Does your um, technology, is it equally effective of these different types of pain or is it particularly suitable for certain types? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and we definitely find that patients experience the pain in different ways. What we found is that it works very well for all of these types of pain conditions. Um, so like I said, out to two-year follow-up, we have an average of 80% pain relief. And in, in the field of pain management, we talk about responders to the therapy having at least 50% pain relief. At two years, our therapy, which is uh, never makes a high-frequency stimulation, uh, which is uh, an imperceptible stimulation compared to some of the other uh, low frequency stimulations out there. What we found is that the responder rate is 90% at two years. So nine out of 10 patients see at least 50% pain relief at two years. It works really well. Um, and then I think you kind of alluded to another aspect. A lot of these patients, it's not just pain. You know, there can be uh, other symptoms, tingling, numbness. Um, and we found that our device works well to treat those symptoms. And in addition to that, the numbness, uh, these people often have reduced sensation in their feet, 
which can lead to diabetic foot ulcers, uh, which eventually can lead to amputations. And we found that we can actually improve sensory function in the feet of these patients. So we have patients who can't feel anything in their feet. They get the, the therapy and now they can feel their feet again. And, you know, what an impact that has on patients' lives of not just relieving their pain, but also allowing them to feel their feet, uh, prevent foot ulcers from forming, but also just, uh, you know, go about their daily activities that they possibly were afraid to do due to fall risk of not feeling their feet. So just, you know, a lot of uh, different improvements that patients can Michael, I haven't seen much about other benefits of spinal cord stimulation besides the very important feature that it relieves pain. Uh, is there much in the literature about other benefits? Are there other benefits? Yeah, and like I just alluded to, you know, pain is, is the main thing spinal cord stimulation is treating. And it does very well at treating, at reducing pain for uh, people with diabetic, painful diabetic neuropathy. Um, but we're finding as, as the field is moving forward, we're looking at all of these other aspects of clinical benefit. So, um, you know, when you reduce the pain, you improve quality of life. We've seen uh, clinically meaningful improvements in quality of life. We've seen meaningful improvements in sleep quality. Uh, we've seen improvements in overall functioning. And uh, for people with diabetes, what our data is, has shown is that we can actually reduce, help them to reduce their A1C and reduce their body weight. So what we think here is possibly not the stimulation itself causing changes in A1C or weight, but reducing pain, which allows patients to focus on other aspects of their, their life. So managing their blood sugars, being more active. Uh, we see all of these uh, kind of comprehensive benefits. And then I, I also mentioned before the, the sensory uh, improvements in the feet, uh, just, you know, and not seen before uh, uh, disease modifying, um, you know, treatment effect, and that's really a huge benefit to these patients. Those are all very positive, especially from my perspective. If you have improved A1C and improved weight, what sort of risks or side effects should people be aware of before they have one of these procedures? And the, um, you know, it is an implant, so there is a implantation procedure. So there's always um, a risk of infection um, with the surgical procedure. What we found is that the risk of infection in people with diabetes is similar to that of the general patient population for spinal cord stimulation procedures. Um, so that's in the, you know, two to, to six percent range for um, infection rates. Uh, very similar to what happens with pacemakers and other similar type devices that are implanted under the skin. So that's, that's one of the main uh, complications. Um, the, there, there are other uh, less common complications, just some uh, you know, residual pain from the procedure, general uh, surgical procedure uh, issues that can come up. Mike, can I just ask you just some practical things? I mean, how often do you have to have this replaced? Can you walk through an airport without any without alarms going off? Can you go for an MRI scan with it? These sort of practical things for people considering having this procedure. Yeah, good question. So the device has a battery in the uh, pulse generator that's implanted under the skin. There are uh, uh, non-rechargeable battery options out there. 
And then there are rechargeable battery options. Uh, there are m many more devices now with the rechargeable option. So with the Nevro device, it's a wireless recharging. So you just wear a belt similar to how you'd wirelessly uh, charge your cell phone. Uh, so you just wear that belt for about 30 minutes a day or uh, an hour every couple days to charge your device. Um, as far as airport scanners, that, that's safe to go through those. And there are uh, things that need to be thought about for MRIs. Um, most devices now are compatible with MRI in some situations. And, uh, you know, you need to talk to a physician about those types of MRI scans. Um, mainly, the device can be turned off while the MRI is, is being taken. Mike, would you say that the number of people in the U.S. who are having a spinal cord stimulation implant, is it increasing? Is it increasing rapidly? Is it pretty steady? What do you think? Yeah, definitely for the diabetic neuropathy patient population, the numbers are expanding. Uh, with Nevra was the first company to introduce this specifically for treating painful diabetic neuropathy with FDA approval in 2021. And so um, the, the number of patients becoming aware of spinal cord stimulation for their painful diabetic neuropathy is increasing on a month-by-month -month basis. You know, we're, we're doing a lot of work to get the word out both to patients and to physicians. So endocrinologists, podiatrists, neurologists, family care providers, uh, these physicians that are really treating diabetic neuropathy uh, first for these patients, uh, getting the word out. So uh, there's definitely uh, more knowledge about the therapy and what it can do. And so that's uh, turning into more and more people um, getting spinal cord stimulation. And Mike? Just um, it doesn't have to be diabetes the cause of the painful neuropathy. I mean, I guess this technology works for any kind of peripheral neuropathy that results in pain. That's correct. The therapy has been shown to work for other types of peripheral neuropathies. Um, the initial application of spinal cord stimulation was for back and leg pain, chronic back and leg pain. And so that is, uh, you know, the, the neuropathies, painful neuropathies, definitely they, people with those conditions are candidates for spinal cord stimulation. Mike, I, I have one last question for you. How easy or difficult is it for a person to get coverage from their insurance company if they're thinking of having this type of procedure or device implanted? Spinal cord stimulation for the conditions that we mentioned back in leg pain, uh, painful diabetic neuropathy, those are covered by all major insurance providers in the U.S. They are also covered by Medicare for all regions now. Uh, so it's, it's becoming more and more accessible for patients. Michael, I would like to thank you for spending the time explaining spinal cord stimulation to us today. Uh, I want to thank our audience for being part of this podcast. Uh, David Kerr and I look forward to you joining us for the next uh, version of Diabetes Technology Report. Uh, this podcast is available on the Diabetes Technology Society website, as well as on Spotify and the Apple Store. So until the next podcast, Michael, thank you for joining us and uh, more to come. Bye-bye. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Bye-bye.